So Viva Life, the podcast is dedicated to Black self-sufficiency by learning and sharing skills and knowledge as it relates to the outdoors, emergency preparedness, primitive survival, and homesteading. This podcast explores the people, places, things, and beyond that allow us to practice and exercise self-reliance. There's something here for everyone. So enjoy. Hey, Soul Vibers. Thank you for tuning in to a new long-awaited episode of Survival Life, the podcast. My guests are the men of Black Bottom Gun Club and Malcolm Little Gun Club, Michigan's Detroit and Lansing chapters of NAGA. And with me today is Chad King, president and co-founder of Black Bottom Gun Club and owner of Apex Defense, Ross Palmer, Black Bottom's director of training and owner and operator of Great Lakes Firearm Safety Training. And we have Stephen Alexander, president of Malcolm Little Gun Club and owner of A2 Tactical Defense. In this episode, we discuss going beyond the basics and the importance of consistent training. Each of these instructors offer a variety of classes to help gun owners to train and to acquire new skills. And we're not just talking CPLs. They also offer defensive and tactical training for a variety of skill levels. So outside of gun training, emphasis is also placed on knowing your state's gun laws, first aid training, education on the history of Black people in guns, and community service. So let's dig in. All right. Lead meeting. Peace, Soul Vibers. My guests today include my brothers of the Black Bottom Gun Club and the Malcolm Little Gun Club of the Detroit and Lansing chapters of NAGA, which is the National African American Gun Association. So with that being said, I'm going to let all of you guys introduce yourselves, tell me about who you are, um, any businesses that you have, organizations that you're a part of, and that way I don't miss out on anything because you guys all have a pretty impressive resume. So I'll let you guys have it. Chad, you want to start off? Sure, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, good evening, everybody. My name is Chad King. I am the current president and co-founder of the Black Bottom Gun Club, which is the Detroit chapter of the National African-American Gun Association. I'm also the Midwestern Regional Director for the National African-American Gun Association as well. Aside from that, I am the chief instructor, owner operator of Apex Defense Solutions. Uh, think of that more like a gateway firearms training business. Uh, where we get people in, try to get them acclimated, get, you know, first time users comfortable with using a firearm. And then once they have taken a couple of classes, uh, we ramp it up a little bit and uh, get them inculcated and introduced to the firearms lifestyle. uh, So they can be, uh, instead of an apex predator, they can be apex defenders. Nice. Dope. All right. Anybody else want to go next? Yeah, I'll go. My name is Ross Palmer. Owner operator Great Lakes Fire and Safety Training, and uh, and I like to shoot. So I've been I've been uh, I consider myself just a just a regular shooter, and I've been shooting for since my mid twenties, maybe mid twenties. Okay, right. And I proudly serve as the training director for the Black Bottom Gun Club, and where my role is for, is to uh, present training opportunities to folks to members of the club introduce them to firearms, the firearm safety, firearms knowledge, and uh, to to increase a level of understanding safety as, as pertains to firearms. Um, I like shooting pistols, rifle, shotgun. I'm a competitive shooter. And uh, and uh, and I like to, and I'm an instructor as well. So I, I hold uh, instructor certifications from a few different orgs. And um, I just like to shoot. Listen, okay, Stephen, before you go, hold up. 
Chad and Ross, first off, what award did Black Bottom Gun Club get for <laughs> from the NAGA um, Association? Can we talk about that? So, they're um, so humble. <laughs> I'll say it like this. Uh, the Midwest cleaned up in awards. I'll say it like that. The Midwest cleaned up in awards, right? Um, Black Bottom Gun Club got chapter of the year. Um, Malcolm Little Gun Club, they got, y'all got the up and coming chapter, right? They got the up, up and coming chapter for the National African American Gun Association. Um, so yeah, and, and Malcolm Lute also got a Words of Wisdom Award too for their the founder of their club as well. I don't want to get too much into that. That's for Steven to talk about because he is he, he's their guy. I don't want to get too much into it, but suffice to say, the Midwest cleaned up as a whole. Nice, very proud. I know, right? I feel so <laughs> proud to be a part of the Black Bottom Gun Club. And Ross, I just like to shoot. Uh, Ross, did you not win some type of? competitive award or something i don't want to say it wrong didn't you do some type of competition and came out pretty nicely on top or so yeah so i shoot um i shoot a a few different type of competitions and uh, mostly one called idpa right now i go back and forth and um this year i was fortunate enough to win the state of michigan championship and the uh, custom custom defense pistol nice that's the uh division where you shoot 45s 45 caliber ACP guns. And I did the same thing for an, a match called the Tri-County Sportsman's Challenge. And um, I a division champion and I was, uh, what is it? A uh, uh, first place expert in the Wisconsin State Championships. Had some really close calls in a couple other championships, had some kind of issues. Um, so, uh, so, but I, I've been shooting for a while, that's my thing. So That's his thing. And he's trying to make it our thing, y'all. So I'm gonna take up, I, I'm gonna get there sooner than later. I'm gonna get there because Ralph says, why not? Get out there. As long as you know safety, you can get out there and not hit a dog on thing, but just get out there and get used That's to it. It's, see, and I'm gonna get back to you too, Ross, because you had an inspiring story about like just not giving up. Like, right, you're gonna make your mistakes at the beginning, but once you get into it, you get acclimated to it. So I'm gonna jump to Steven. Steven, can you introduce yourself? Yes, yes, thank you. Um, my name is Steven Alexander. Um, you know, actually the two gentlemen on this this podcast with us are, I consider them both mentors in different ways. Um, uh, Ross as an instructor of mine and Chad as a, as a uh, example. Um, so uh, I am the current president of Malcolm Little Gun Club, uh, the Lansing, Michigan chapter of NAGA. Um, the founder uh, that Chad mentioned is Bajahed uh, Abdul Hamid. Uh, he is he he is my father. <laughs> I, I I literally call him call him Pop. So it's 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 a thing. We're close. Um, uh, he founded in 2018. Uh, I came on board. Um, I guess 20 into 2020, and by the mid 2021, uh, became uh, president. So. Um, Outside of that, uh, man, so my my firearms training goes back uh, to the late 90s. Well, I guess early, late 90s. Um, I'm a United States Marine and um, I spent nine years in the Marine Corps. And after that, um, started carrying pistols almost for the first time, to be honest with you. You know, we don't do a lot of pistol stuff in, in the Marines unless that's your specialty. Uh, so rifles and iron sights was my thing. Um, but here as a civilian, you know, up to date, you know, I am, um, 
I founded a, a training company called A Squared uh, Tactical Defense. Um, it actually has its own training center here in Lansing, where we take we take everything. You know, we have we have martial arts, uh, self defense. Um, we're actually adding uh, medical training. Uh, we literally today um, had our guys certified for stop the bleed. So we're going to be holding that. I know man Chad talked about that. Um, so that literally happened today. Uh, we'll be offering that soon. Um, so we, you know, in, anything that has to do with our community, that's what we're about. Um, I'm going to piggyback on something, not what Ross said, but what Ross has behind him, his logo. And uh, that says train, instruct, and compete. And um, I know that because I follow that man. Um, but from, from my perspective, it's train, instruct, and protect. And so that protect piece for me, um, I also own a security company um, and we provide largely security for, you know, black rallies, black voters matter, black lives matter, voice of color, you know, and so that's, that's kind of where my stuff comes from. I see myself as a protector. So uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for putting this together, Adrian. Oh, I'm so glad to have you guys out here. So you already know I did the ladies of um, Black Bottom Gun Club and Malcolm Little Gun Club, and we had a, a great time. So I'm interested in hearing, good. yeah, that, I really enjoyed that one. And I'm interested in hearing you guys' perspective on a lot of things. And one thing that I really like about all three of you um, is that I know right in 2020, of course, when everything was somewhat seeming to look like it was gonna hit the fan, um, there were so many instructors people out there who were cranking out CPLs, like it was just like mm. factory line. And one thing that I really noticed and it was different about you three is that the training doesn't stop once you get that certificate in hand. In fact, you three push people to go beyond the, get. I always say go beyond the bay or beyond the base, right. like get out of the range sometimes and learn defensive tactics. So what made you say that you were gonna dedicate, like what turned it on for you guys to say, I'm going to dedicate my time and efforts to getting other Black people or just people trained, um, period. Um, I guess I'll start. Um, I guess I guess early on, I guess, my, I guess it goes about my story, probably, you know, to answer that question. Because, you know, I, I started buying guns in my, you know, in my mid-20s and uh, didn't know anything about guns, right? And... And I had an accidental discharge that caused me to actually take a safety class. Mm. And that was like, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so that started me along the lines of practicing and training and so on and so forth. And then what I realized is I realized that anybody can buy a gun, but if you want to be good with it, and if you want to be safe with it, and if you want to be, you know, be able to act prudently and responsibly with it, then you need to, you need to have some sort of training. And Training, it doesn't end, right? It's kind of like driving a car. How often do you practice driving a car, right? Well, you practice driving a car whenever you drive a car. So it's kind of like that. So we're always, uh, so so my perspective, and I'm thinking, and I want to be proficient with my gun. I want to be proficient with my gun. I want to know how to use it. I want to know how to shoot it. And um, and for me, I'm not a wonder kid person. I mean, I'm not, I don't have any innate abilities. I wasn't born with a, with a Glock in my hand, but so I got to practice. I got to practice and I got to train. And I guess what started me getting other people to do it is, or or is that, you know, I, you know, I just like telling people about my passion about making you know, about make about gun safety, and making sure that they can be safe. And that's all. You know, it's it's, it's also it's also a fun thing. Mm. That's, 
that's probably where the competitive thing comes in too. So, um, um, but all of it is kind of combined. I mean, you know, um, that the, the, my mantra in the back is training, struck compete. Sometimes I do more than more more of one thing than the other. So right now I'm competing more than I'm them competing more than training instructing and sometimes I do more than the other but I do all of it I think it's kind of like a cycle or a um or a wheel right and, yeah um, so that so that that's a little bit of why about you know why I uh why I start training people and how I start training and why it's important yeah yeah I'll hop in there um you know, uh, you mentioned 2020 earlier, Adrian, and, and and I gotta say, like 2020 was a um, was a huge wake up call for me personally. Um, you know, I, I was already into to firearms. You know, I was already into the black community. You know, I I was down, um, but I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, I, I didn't know how bad things had gotten in so many different levels. So many different levels, and for me, you know, I went to a um, a Black Lives Matter um, rally protest. I'm not sure what it was officially called, and what struck me was all of my brothers and sisters who were around me, and they had firearms. Some of them had ARs, and it was obvious to me just by looking that they were not sufficiently trained and comfortable <laughs> and aware. Uh, with those firearms. Uh, I mean, I, I seen stuff that literally scared me. And and um, without getting too deep into it, what, what I was afraid of was that something tragic would happen out of this effort to stop tragic things from happening. And so for me, that that was kind of my call. I was like, okay, so I, I didn't, and I didn't know there's other guys, you know, like Chad and Ross out there doing this stuff day in, day out for, for decades. I didn't know that. And so I just said, hey, if I can help, I want to help. And that was kind of my path into the whole instructor side of firearms. Yeah. So I'll say for me that this is not something that I've been doing that long. Um, I really kind of got into it when I started the Black Bottom Gun Club. Um, mm -hmm. And the genesis of the Black Bottom Gun Club was with uh, the current vice president and co-founder, Kofi Kenyatta. Uh, him and I had worked together uh, previously doing uh, behavior modification and conflict resolution with kids in schools. Hmm. So that's how him and I have met before, right? Then after that, uh, we started a nonprofit together with some of our other friends. Uh, it, it, it was okay for a little bit. Um, and then I want to say it was April 2017 or uh, May 2017, we saw um, an ad out on the internet for another organization. And we thought to ourselves, this can't be for real. These dudes really can't be serious. And, and this is like during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we and we saw that, and I'm like, all right, it's got to be somewhere else for us to be at, and somewhere else for somewhere else for, that we can do this at. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when we found out about the National African American Gun Association, and mm -hmm. found out that there was not a chapter in the state of Michigan at all. And mm -hmm. so we started one um, in July of 20. 17 and then i met ross palmer and i met ross palmer in october of 2017 and uh was it that long ago? yeah <laughs> it was that long ago yeah and so what's funny about that is i got a call from one of the members at another uh gun range a uh, century gun club um while i was out with my family 
He was like, hey, you should come down here before we close. I'm like, all right. So I got down there. And it was, a matter of fact, it was October 29th, 2017 or 28th. Um, got down there and talked to the uh, the president of the club. And then I ran into Ross. He was like, I don't know if I want to be down with y'all. We're going to see. But then he ended up joining. And we've been rolling since. And, um, and, and I'll just say that for me in terms of, what I wanted to do in, in terms of being an instructor, I pattern as best as I can off of Ross. That's kind of like been my mentor mm-hmm. uh, is between him and uh, Oak and um, and Dallas, Body Bio Tactical. Those two have been my mentors and I try to pattern as much as I can off of those two men because I see what they do and I see how they do it. Uh, and it's more than just the licensing stuff. It's more than just teach people stuff. It's not a, a, a certificate mill. Mm-hmm. They actually care about the people that they train. They care about training and making sure that people are ready. And so for me, I pattern what I do after after those guys and, and try to uh, one day have them be like, yeah, he can take over and, and do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the objective. The objective for me is to make sure that they see what the things that I'm doing and see some of themselves in that um and and are and are good with, with with you know with me doing what I'm doing right um yeah I, I, I yeah and, and that's pretty much that so I have to say this I don't I've never told anybody this the first time I came to I think a black bottom gun club meeting I was already sold I'm like okay this isn't just the guns 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 gun. like I was just I'm like what are they talking about I don't want to go into something where they're going to make me start marching for 2A or doing all this stuff. And then the first time I went to train, I think, Ross, you might have helped me out. Like, oh, man, you're giving me. I was so like, oh, I'm going to get the, the expert over here. He's going to be on me. Then the next time I'm like, OK, I'm going to get I end up with Chad. Chad was almost on my head more than Ross. Ross was easy going to leaks. He got my stance right, got my grip right. Oh, Chad put me through the ringer numerous times. So now I'm just like, I don't know who to. I rock with both of them. You did, Chad. You were like, you had, <laughs> you did not go easy on, you weren't, you were, you were a great instructor, but I was just like, oh, he'll let me shoot a little bit. And you know, that'd be the end of it. I'll put my gun down. Oh no. He was like, let's push it back a little bit. Oh, okay. Then I need you to get that, all them dots. I need you to get all them. Oh, the dot torture. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. dot torture was torture. Okay. But Chad never let up on me. Ross doesn't let up on me. And I so appreciate it. Um, so what are some of the challenges? Why, first off, why do you think people don't go beyond CPL? They get their CPL and they're like, okay, I'm good. I'm gravy now. Why, or, and why do you think they don't go beyond just in an indoor range, static, just shooting at something that's like a, a static target? Why is that? I, I think... Part of that is um, complacency. Mm. Um, part of it is thinking that they have this paper that said that says that the state says they can carry um, in a concealed way, and they think that because they have that paper, that either insulates them from needing more training, or ins- or 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 something like that. Part of it is that for sure. Like I said, complacency. I think part of it is fear too, um, meaning that as people become more proficient with something, they recognize 
that there may be that they might be good at it mm. right um and, and i i do believe that there's definitely a fear of being good at something that can drastically change a, a person's life mm. right um particularly in, in a particularly as it pertains to violence mm. um, I, I think that people for the most part uh at least in, in terms of like the students that i have they have some level of aversion to violence or some type of a trauma as a result of violence, right? And so they get a CPL thinking that, the, that that's all they need, but they're not really dealing with, with that unresolved trauma that's preventing them from taking additional classes to get better at this thing that may save their life, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I certainly think that's part of it. Um, and the last piece of it, I think it is, is that it's a they don't know that they need it, right? They don't know that they need the additional lessons and the additional practice and the additional classes um, to be able to use a firearm with effect, right? And whether it's, you know, on the range, shooting pieces of paper or steel, or whether it's uh, potentially having to save the life of yourself or a loved one, people don't think that they you know, they don't know that they don't know, mm -hmm. right? And they think that what they do have, uh, that level of information is really all that's required. And um, it's not. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I think the fear, definitely. Um, I kind of got <laughs> baptized in the fire with body by O. I was not planning. Yeah. I just came for it. It was, first off, Century Gun Club is um, the oldest black gun club in Michigan, correct? Um, it is. So, no, in the country, I think. And I always feel like I get those two confused because I think I was saying country, but then I like um, backed off. I think off. it might be the country until we find out, until we find out uh, something different. It might be the oldest. Might be the country. Okay, I love it. And they're right here in Michigan. I'm off most of the, everybody, a lot of, well, we're spread out all over in Michigan, but it's in the backwoods, not far from where I live. So it's like a perfect location outdoors. And I signed up, I was just doing the ladies like intro or the ladies like firearm class. Super morning. It was December in Michigan. So it was freezing cold. I'm not sure I had everything I needed, but Chad loaned me a holster. Somebody else was like, I got you on a gun because I didn't have my gun at that point, actually. And of course, Tasha, wonderful self, <laughs> old wife was like, you're going to stay for the next class. Don't worry. I go because he was pressuring me. No, you're going to stay for this class. Uh, like, you know how oh is just loud and he's gonna let you know so I'm like I'm not ready for that and she was like just I got you so because she kind of gave me that confidence and she was gonna guide me through it I stayed for it and it was I I have to admit I was afraid but I already knew just from going to like shooting with Black Bottom that as long as I followed like the safety rules there was at worst, I would just not hit my target the way that I wanted to hit it. That was the worst thing that was going to happen. But as long as I followed the rules and that may after doing that class, that gave me like confidence to be like, oh, OK, wait a minute. That wasn't so bad after all. I can continue with it. But I agree, Chad. A lot of it is fear. And I think a lot of it is that people do think, OK, I got that paper, that, that piece of paper that says I can have my gun with me and that's going to carry me for whatever I need to to do going forward and it's simply not true you know it's like 
like anything else, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So the skills that you gain are just going to go out the window once you do, even for me, like, and I'm still consider myself a newbie, but if I don't go practice religiously once a month, twice a month, if I go for a stretch of three months, I notice that I'm a little bit more nervous about the gun handling. I'm a little bit slower for my shoots. I'll shoot a little bit, put it down. So it's just like starting all over again. So I definitely mm -hmm. agree with um, that. Stephen or Ross, do you think there's a reason um, outside of what Chad suggested of why people just don't go and get training beyond going to the range? I think a lot of it sometimes, uh, you know, again, outside of what Chad said, is a lot of folks don't even know the stuff is available. Mm -hmm. I think that could be a component of it as well, right? Good point. So, you, you know, you, uh, you get your you get your guns and you get the, the CPL. A lot of people don't know that. Hey, guess what? You can go out. I didn't. I've, I've been living in this area for a long time, and I didn't know until 2012 or 13 that Century Gun Club was out. Right. And mm -hmm. so, and and but I've been shooting for a while, but I didn't know about all. A lot of people. A lot of people don't know about all the different types of events and the different types of shooting or whatever. And um, so. Along with what Chad said, which I which I agree with totally, is that there's a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. Another thing as well, especially pertains to black folks, um, uh, especially if you have to go outside of a place that's a uh, that that that's an indoor gun range close to the metropolitan area. Mm. You know, a lot of folks ain't gonna go out to the sticks and shoot. Right. There's a lot to that because I remember when I first started, you know, I first started shooting, I was always the only black guy shooting always on the only one always mm. sometimes always now it's a whole lot different but but you know just uh i just went out there and um and uh to that point and to that point i shot the uh, i shot a big match in 2019 it was iepa world championship in talladega and this is important it's in talladega alabama and i'm walking around and there's people from all over the world there like literally all over the world it's like I think there are like 70 or 80 countries represented or something like this. It was huge. And um, and uh, so the, I'm walking around and there's one guy, this one, this, this, this white guy, he's a little older, probably he looked like he was probably in his 60s. He came up to me really, really sincerely and asked me, you know, he just asked me, he just wanted to ask me, why not some more blacks out here? He used that word, that's what he said. He said, how come more blacks out here? Right. And that kind of surprised me. I'm trying, I'm trying to check him out, trying to figure out what his angle is for asking. Right. To, right that's my first response when I looked at him he was asking really sincerely mm -hmm. and and I was just I said the same thing a lot of folks saying you know, a lot of folks from the city may not come out to where not come out to, to the places that are in the country and and, and and shoot now if you're from the country and you used to being outside is a different story right but most well, you know most, most, most uh, a lot of African Americans living there in metropolitan areas and you got because then you if you have to go someplace and go down two or three dirt roads to get to a place, and it's like I'm not going in there. <laughs> you, know, you know that has a lot to do with it. I think a lot is changing right now. There's mm -hmm. a, a a lot of that is changing, but still, I think, especially a while ago, that was a a big reason why we didn't see a a lot of our folks going out there. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I know for us, especially, like we want we don't want to be the one. I spent my whole life being the only person in the class or the only person at a company or one of, you know, uh, a couple of black people. And so mm -hmm. I do think that 
seeing that there are black gun clubs that they can join and get the as good of instruction, if not better, is definitely giving people more opportunities to get that training. So Stephen, do you feel like, would you say, yeah, those are usually it's the fear, it's the, hey, like, you know, a lot of times we just don't know what's out there for us to get that training. Is there anything else to add to that? You know, I would, um, I, I would add in addition, I, I would add that there has been a concerted effort to separate us from our historical connection to everything from self-autonomy to self-defense to firearms, pistols, rifles, et cetera. So I, I, I agree that there's a, there's a lot of trauma. I agree that um, a lot of us don't know, but I, I would simply put on the table that the reason we don't know is because it's been taken, we've been stifled, um, the opportunities have been removed, uh, sometimes very, very, very deliberately, legally, through laws and legislation, sometimes simply culturally, um, uh, through you know this, this, this idea that we don't do that. Um, one of the things that I picked up on and became part of, of, of my philosophy was this idea of changing that narrative. Well, what is the narrative? The narrative is what's been put out there um, really by them, not by us. And that narrative says, if you're black and you have a gun, you're a criminal. That narrative says you can't be trusted. That narrative says you're not smart enough, you know, uh, competent enough, intelligent enough to fill in the blank, right? X, Y, Z. And so, you know, it became important very early on for me to be like, okay, first of all, not only can we do this, but the reality is we've always done this. We've always handled fire. I mean, since firearms became a thing, we've been involved with it. <laughs> we've been some of the absolute best. Um, you know, Black Bottom and Malcolm Little um, are, are, are sister chapters to Bass Reeves, which is the original Atlanta chapter. Who is Bass Reeves? <laughs> Bass Reeves is a bad mother joker. <laughs> he was a, he was a uh, he, uh, he was law enforcement black um uh expert marksman like 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 he was literally the long ranger you know i grew up with long ranger and tonto and and that that horse and all that stuff that's not what it looked like that's mm -hmm. not who it looked like you know you know i was 40 something years old before i realized that cowboy was a derogatory term for black people that worked with with guns and and ran cattle i didn't know that nobody told me that when i was in grade school you know, and the fact, and whether it's derogatory or not, the fact that I wasn't told that was part of that systematic erasing of our historical roots to firearms. Yeah, I agree. Because I wonder how many people, I don't know, have you guys ever felt this before where it's like, listen, I know I, I'm complete, I have my CPL, I'm well-trained, I have it on me, but is there still a fear sometimes that you might be accosted or you might run into a police who's not as like, you know what I mean? All that, the rules and the laws go out the door. They might try to give you a hard way to go or it could, you know, turn into something worse. You guys ever fear that at all? Being black with a gun carrying? Yes, uh, for me, it's like um, my personal experience with it, every time you get pulled over, you, know, you always got to think about that. So you always have to, in my opinion, go, you know, do all the extra stuff. And I think we teach people 
you know, we've talked, we've had those conversations in the club and we've taught people about what you do when you're pulled over by the police. But yeah, it's a real thing. And to say it's not a real thing is, you know, it's a, uh, is uh, disingenuous. Right. Personal experience has been when I get pulled over by police officers, just just knowing what to do. You know, I've had positive experiences, right? But that's not the same. But that's not to say that you can get somebody that's uh, you know, whatever cop that whatever's got a bad day or doesn't like you or for whatever reason is going to cause problems, right? So um, so but that's something that you always should have in the back of your mind, honestly. Whenever you, whenever you can, whenever you get pulled over by the cops, is uh, uh, is basically how you're going to get home to your family that day. Mm. And uh, so, you know, making sure you do the things, regardless of right or wrong, regardless of how you feel, how you're going to get home to your family. That day. Right, right. So uh, that's the big, you know, that's the big thing for me. So it's good. It's definitely a real thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel, I'm pretty sure Chad and Stevie, you feel probably would echo the same sentiments, huh? Yeah, I, I would say, um, again, if, if you don't have that thought or don't have that, I won't necessarily say fear, but if you don't have that concern, you may not be being honest with yourself, right? Um, because it's a thing. Um, but that being said, just because it's a concern, does not necessarily mean that you have to or that you should go about your excuse me go about your life and represent yourself uh, as anything less than what or who you are because you're carrying a gun mm. um, because yeah I mean any type of interact and I'll just say it bluntly uh, for those who agree with or not um, any type of interaction between a black person and law enforcement can be tense, mm. right? Uh, just simply as a fact of history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, when you add a firearm into the mix, that ramps it up a little bit more, right? right? At the same time, this is a marker of our full enfranchisement. And to put it as Stephen said, this is a marker of our citizenship. Uh, for so long, we've been denied the access or or the right has been curtailed to carry a firearm, just like the right has been curtailed or denied to vote, just like it was historically denied us the right to an education or to read, right? And so I look at those things um, almost in parallel with one another, maybe not so much the same degree of importance completely, but pretty close. Uh, in terms of them being demarcations or indicators of full-fledged citizenship in this country. Um, so if you know when you talk about carrying with a firearm, yeah, there's going to be that level of tension. There's going to be that level of concern. But understand that concern or that tension is not because that you think that you're going to do something. It's about what other people may may have the propensity to do, right? Right. And you have to get to a point where you can't operate based on the actions or uh, reactions of other people. Just do what you have to do to make sure, like Ross said, get home that day right. and then deal what you got to deal with later on. But that that should not come at the expense of your your uh, dignity um, or at the expense of who you are. Yeah, well, very well said. Very well said. So 
actually with that being said then, um, with the talks of getting this additional training, let's just take it from like zero. I'm a person, how would you walk me through like, hey, this is what I would suggest for you, Adrian. You got your gun now, you've done your CPL training. What are some of the things that you encourage people to, okay, Stephen, okay, tell me, where are you gonna jump in and say, Stephen? See, see, I did I'm, mine I'm the opposite I, though. See, I did mine. See, I know, well, see, see, okay, okay. So that's another piece. So. I also believe that part of the narrative we need to change is this idea that a CPL class is the proper introduction to a firearm. I understand it has been, and, 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 and it, it quite possibly may always be the entry, the gateway drug, so to speak. <laughs> um, but I, I really wanna get our community to understand that like anything else, you simply start in kindergarten mm -hmm. and you wake your way up through grade school and then you go to high school and then you go to college and blah, 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 blah. And in some legit ways, hopping into a CPL class or, or even just going to go buy a gun and then hop into a CPL class, Ooh. it's like skipping, you know, the first four grades of elementary school and being stuck in fifth grade and you're sitting there with a, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a TI 130 calculator and you're like, uh what do i do with this uh, right yeah so so what you know you, you was like so what do you do after you buy a gun and go to see i'm like stop stop, stop. i know i appreciate that. <laughs> that's honestly uh, what i see and i don't know do yes you yes often? I, first oh. off i always tell you instructors i couldn't do it there is no way in the world you're gonna put me in a room with a person who never had a gun and like even if you give them all the safety i that really is my biggest fear is being with I don't know how you people <laughs> I can't do it but I I'm so glad you stopped me because um I agree with you I think for me I knew I couldn't do that see I wouldn't have done the CPL class had I not done some instruction beforehand so I walked into there feeling more confident I was like oh the only thing I'm you know I need to do not the shooting part I got I know the safety part right. I'm gonna get all the other good information I took my CPL through chat and it was just like so much other good information that I was able, so I didn't have to sit, I think half the people who never shoot before are so worried about the shooting portion, they can't concentrate to, on the, yeah, they're trying to, right. well, I just need to do the shooting part. If I do that part, I'll be all good, but it's so much more than that. So thank you for stopping me. So let's start it at zero. So you suggest get some training first, like kind of get well, acclimated to it. Well, see, so, so, so this is where I, I've said, I've said part of what I think, but I want to take a step back Mm. And, and, and and deference to my elders. And um, I like to hear from Mr. Ross what the ideal pathway would be for new, I'm even say for a future gun owner. So they, they yeah. don't even have a gun, a future okay. gun owner. They've been thinking about it. They haven't done anything. Sensei Ross, what do you think? Where should they start, sir? Brother, I don't know if I like when you call me an elder like that. I ain't that old. <laughs> <laughs> You my sensei. <laughs> my sensei. <laughs> so, so I guess let's take and 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 see what I want to do is I want to piggyback on a, a couple of things that you had talked about with regards to uh, um, what we've uh, always been doing. And so my introduction to firearms was, you know, in Detroit, you know, and um, you know, shooting my dad. Right, but 
I think that the organic or the proper way to do it is start is to start when we're kids. Mm. Right? So let's not think about it as something that we start when we're adults. Adults. Because there are always going to there, there are a whole lot of houses that have with guns in the home. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the training should start or the training should begin when you're a kid, when you're a, you know when you're a child. Then uh, get to the point when you become more responsible. You you, you know you through your family you get more. Uh, you, you get more perks or you get more treats you get more you get to do more stuff with the gun that's the way i like to see it so i like to see mm-hmm. I like to see gun ownership and firearm safety norm renormalized in the black households and what that means is that is that we uh is that we uh we take it seriously and we, we start from a young age all right and then we start teaching our kids firearm safety and then by the time they get 18 19 20 21 whatever the age is is that they won't be they won't be brand new to it Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, be it'll be something where firearm safety and firearms ownership is a part of our culture right and so that's the way i like that's the way i like to see it develop and then as far as you know with the situation right now how we we're right we're right now um and i agree with you a cpl course is not the best introduction to a firearms course because um be, because uh we need to, uh, because that CPL course is a mandated course by the state, by the state. And so people are going to, many people are going to be there. They want to be there for that eight hours period to get that piece of paper, right? So like for folks beginning out, beginning, what I would say is, all right, you take a basic course. This is a gun. This is how you clean it. This is the basic safety. You go shoot it for a little while. And then when then just like Adrian, when you get to that CPL course or that 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 you know that the course you need to get your license, then it's not the first time you're shooting a gun. It's not the first time you're holding a gun. You know about the safety. Because you know, gun ownership, especially when you start carrying one and using the gun for personal safety and for your personal safety and protecting your family, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deal, right? So you need to, you need, you need to take every uh I wouldn't change your, I wouldn't change your entire life, but think about it like it's like Adrian going to the range at least once a month, taking taking a couple classes here, uh, and uh, and then that's you know that's that's probably a, a really good start for a lot of folks. Then if you really want to, you find some way to make it fun for you. Mm. For 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 me, competing is fun. I like to shoot and it's fun, and it's a competition that drives me to practice. I don't want to. You know, and 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 I can't win if I don't want to practice. So I know I know that was a long-winded question. No, that that's great. A I... Very very simple question, but just to recap, I think we should start at the beginning with the kids, and 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 I think that's one of the things. And Chad, and I want to talk about a little more is that that's one of the things that Black Bottom Gun Club that we're developing. Mm-hmm. That we actually, know that we've developed and we're pushing out to our communities with regards to how do we get the how do we get What's the organic or the best way to get people involved in firearms mm-hmm. safety? Yeah, I, I would say everything that Ross says is absolutely correct. That this is something that should be um, destigmatized and normalized and made just common um, as learning how to ride a bike and as learning how to drive a car when you turn sixteen, right? 
it is, is if you look at it from that type of a context, you learn how to ride a bike, right? When you were a kid, you get training wheels. Same thing can be applicable to a firearm, right? And then you might get up to a moped. Then you get up to an actual vehicle where you have to take a, a, a class and take a test for your license. Mm-hmm. It's not too dissimilar. It should not be as it should not be uh, too dissimilar uh, between those things and the usage of a firearm. Because a lot of times when people come into a concealed pistol license class, um, to everyone's point here, it often is their first time handling a firearm. And a lot of times when they get that firearm in their hand, there's a rush of emotions that come up that they may not have even recognized or realized was going to be there until they get in that lane and they pull the trigger. And the next thing you know, they cry. Yes. Yes. That, that, that is something that is something that um, has happened on many occasions for me as an instructor mm. when I have a student that's a first time shooter, uh, male or female. So it's not genderized at all. Nope. Um, this, this, this is something that happens with men and women who are shooting for the very first time and experiencing this thing without having dealt with, uh, w- w- without having done it earlier in their life or without having dealt with the trauma that is in their life as a result or surrounding uh, the way a firearm has impacted themselves or a loved one in their life, right? So I, I think that the training has to begin way before the practice. The introduction has to begin way before a concealed pistol license. It has to be done so in a healthy way. Uh, too many times it's, it's done in these unhealthy ways like shooting on a holiday right in the air that's not a healthy way to, to be introduced to it and that's and, and and not for nothing that's how a lot of us are introduced to it right um for for better or for worse um so i, I would say that it has to be introduced in a healthy way at a younger age so it is more normalized and kind of what we do within uh black bottom gun club we have a three-month program called the paradise valley youth shooters and with that program, we introduce young people to firearms, not just firearms, the gun itself, right? But we introduce them to the history of gun ownership, right? By us, right? So we introduce them to that. We talk about the trauma recognition and conflict avoidance and conflict resolution. We talk about those things as well in that curriculum. And we get into the gun safety stuff, right? So that they understand. And so they have that healthy introduction to firearms, uh, but it's in a very, very holistic way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's a three-month-long program where we introduce them uh, to all those different things. And there are some things that they have to do uh, um, as a response to being introduced to that stuff before they can move on to the next step. So it's a graduated process to what Stephen was saying. It's a graduated process. You start at, at one level and then you do things to graduate to the next level and so on and so forth. And through the entire time, the instructors that are part of this program are with you along the way, right? Yeah. Um, there's that piece. And then in addition to that one, we have the you know compressed version of that with the uh, Safe and Secure Project that we have with a couple of our other instructors and a partner, you know, uh, friends that are partners, right? Like Firearms Legal Protection where we um, work with kids. It's a, it's a really, really truncated introduction. But again, it's done so for kids as young as five years old in a very, very, very healthy way 
So if they understand and, they, and we dispel any curiosity that may be there uh, um, as a result of knowing that there's a firearm in the house and to kind of cut that curiosity off in advance, we introduce them to firearms again in a healthy way so that it's not a traumatic experience for them um, and it's in a controlled, it's in a controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. And Chad, I completely agree. I think for a lot of us, our first introduction or our most memorable introductions are trauma filled when it comes to guns. Like even I can say growing up, it, it never was a positive, like I've never seen it in a pot or experienced it in a positive light. So it's mm -hmm. always been either a, it was some knucklehead stuff going on. My life is in danger. I'm running, you know, or it, it just hasn't been, you know, our friend, you know, getting killed or like a accidental shootings or something. So I think trying to dispel that and showing, you know, from the beginning, from the earliest ages, so I completely agree, Ross and Chad, start at the youngest of ages, especially when we see how many kids like unnecessarily die by gunfire, like accidental, you know, gunfire. And it's like a lot of this can be stopped with one gun safety with the adults in the first place. And then two, teaching the kids, you know, about, hey, if you see a gun, here are your, your steps. Like, and once they know that, and once it's drilled in them, they're more likely to make better decisions because of that. But most kids don't get that type of training. You know, a parent thinks, hey, I put it in a shoebox, I put it up under the bed, and that should be good enough because the kids should know better than to go through my stuff. And that's just not how it works. Honestly, most people, most adults, most, that kind yeah. of thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, so, and I think, um, a lot of the programs that we, the pro, the initiatives that we do at Black Bottom Gun Club, um, uh, and that's why I'm really proud to be a part of the organization. Uh, a lot of it's about, it's about education and, um, I guess bridging that gap between how you learned how to use a firearm which may which may be incorrect and then how you should use a firearm yeah and, you know how, how you should you know to you know to bridge that gap or change how you currently feel about firearms and that begin to make some trauma to realizing all right well to getting to the point where you can learn all right well um to getting away from that trauma and then seeing the firearms in a more healthy uh in a more healthy and a more more healthy way so yeah and that's exactly why I think it's so imperative, so important to be in, like to belong to a group of people who are actively educating, actively keeping you, um, getting you trained. Because, I mean, just not, I don't want to harp on this whole, the Alec Baldwin thing, but my first thought was because y'all drilled in me. I don't care if it's a plastic gun, if it's a paper gun that I'm just showing there, you still followed all the rules to the T keep your hand off the trigger don't point it at somebody and i'm thinking like it's a rubber gun like it's clearly not a but a lot of the things that people just don't get that drilling in of like gun safety if you all you taking is a cpl class like even when i go to the range i remember at one point i had my gun it was unloaded but who cares i set it down but i had it set sideways and the first thing jessica did was come up and she was like what are you doing she was like that gun, I don't care if it's empty, I don't see a magazine in it, that's all good, Adrian, but you always point that gun downrange. And from that point on, I've been hypersensitive. So when I see other people not doing that, you know, I kind of jump in and 
and say, hey, well, the way we do it is X, Y, Z, but it's all those little things come, that come together that makes you a better gun owner, right? Um, yeah. So, and I know we talked about people being fearful. I think some people try to use the budget and it can be, or money as an excuse, but how much would, right now, if you're gonna, like people are thinking about 2022, how much would you tell them like, hey, set aside, I know it, it varies, but at least for some type of training, set aside this amount of money. Because to me, I look at it like this. It's, it's, look, not, it's not that expensive. It's, it's at least 10,000 a month. 10,000 yeah. bucks 10, a month. Everybody knows that. Oh, at least Lord. 10, See, Steven, I was trying to buy 30 <laughs> bottles of wine. I was like, oh, my girls, this is 13 bottles of wine. You can afford <laughs> but that much money. But Steven, are you talking about $10,000? No, no, but seriously, Ross said earlier, and I, I thought I thought it was an excellent starting point. Um, this idea of uh, you know going to the range um, uh, was it once a month? You said Ross, and then yeah, you know good, getting training in starter, yeah. twice a year kind of thing, right? Well, if 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 you just start there, there are enough people around you, whether you know it or not, but there are enough people around you that you can get to the range pretty much for the cost of your own ammunition mm. once a month, even twice a month. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely doable. There's enough members who have gas passes and all that kind of stuff. You can absolutely do that. Um, and then the trainings themselves, like I don't, I don't know of a training in, in Michigan for any basic training that's more than $200, period. So if you said two of those trainings at the highest price we can find, you know, that's 400 bucks. And whatever that is, divided by 12, divided by five, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's what we're talking about. And, and once, see, the thing is, once you re realize the importance of your competency with that firearm, you'll find it. You will find the training. You will find the person who has that membership. You might even commit yourself to getting your own membership to a range so you don't have to find somebody else. But I, 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 think, I think a huge piece of it is really about what priority individuals place on their individual competency. You know, how many of, I feel like a lot of people feel like, well, I know enough to, and then you fill in the blank, you know, to carry it, to own it, to buy it, to da, 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 you know, or, well, you know, the cops, the cops got guns. I don't even need a gun. The cops got all the guns, you know, they, and I'm like, what, what? Know ye not that you are your <laughs> own first responder? Right. That's in a good book somewhere. So like, come on, y'all. Yeah, right. so 10,000 bucks a month. <laughs> I'm gonna start saving. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, with any of because all of you do um, defensive training, do training beyond just like the range. I know, Stephen, you have the gun dojo, right? And you can go gun in dojo. and gun jujitsu and you can go in and get firearm cleaning. Um, with, with Through Black Bottom Gun Club, we've done Stop the Bleed. Um, what is it? Um, uh, what was the other one? that? Was? The mass shooter. shooter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Active shooter. And then I agree, like being in a gun club and I'm just, I'm always floored at the fact that I have all this information and help available to me because one, nobody's going to let me sit up there and do no dumb stuff or just be like way off the target. They don't care how new I am. Adrian, we're going to start getting you into some groupings. And so if you go anywhere else, you're going to pay heavily for that but through the gun club you have access like you said Stephen, to people who are willing to help on the spot and then people within the club who are instructors where it's like okay i trust them i know them and i can get my training from them 
So I would say if you spend five dollars a day on coffee, mm-hmm. it's hypothetical. If you spend five dollars a day on coffee at 365 days a year, that's roughly eighteen hundred dollars. Right? Ooh. Cut your coffee budget in half. Half yeah. You cut your coffee budget in half, you can get a gun and probably two classes in a year. Right there. Mm-hmm. That's how you can really like simplify it. You know what I'm saying? I dig it. Right there. It is really your coffee cool. budget in half. Right. And that's a gun. That's you looking at six hundred dollars, right? You can get a used firearm for about three or so, a decent new firearm, surprisingly, for about three or maybe four. And you take a couple classes within your, within uh, a gun club or a decent instructor who doesn't cost a lot, right? You right there, you you at about six hundred dollars with a gun and probably two classes per year. Just like to Stephen's point, is really all about prioritizing, right? right? What you think is important, what's what matters to you, right? And I get people survive on coffee. I understand that. I don't survive on coffee. I survive on tea. So I understand, right? At the same time, you're getting and developing a skill set that may save your life or the life of a loved one one day. I think sacrificing a coffee, if you get a coffee every other day, that'll make a difference. You get a coffee every other day, if you get a coffee every other day, that's 182 days, right? You know, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm actually. I'm, like, I'm, 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 I'm not good at math. I'm like, yeah, that's not. That's good. I'm miscalculating actually because at eighteen hundred dollars a year, three hundred sixty-five, half of that is nine hundred dollars. So you got a, a decent gun and maybe three classes. Oh dang! Okay. Right. That's like that's like nine hundred dollars a year. So uh, it's all about how you want to prioritize it, and and the best way I I can explain it is try to bring it home to things that people are kind of familiar with. And things that they used to spend their money on on a regular basis. A fifth of some tequila or some Hennessy. That's like three fifths easy for one class, maybe four fifths, depending on hey, it, it could, how many fifths. That. It I could be that if that's your <laughs> thing, right? But but I put it to people in a way that is digestible for them so they understand this, they can kind of equate it to equate a, a class to, right? Just cut your coffee budget in half for the year. And that will get you a gun and some quality training. It's doable. It's doable. Let, let, yeah, if I could just throw out there, um, and 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 this is is I don't okay okay it's it's kind of obvious. So I'm not trying to sound condescending, but the instruction you receive in a group class, it could be excellent, awesome, you know, no questions asked. But it's actually cheaper to have one-on-one time mm-hmm. with an instructor. It is, and better. Now, here's the deal, here's the deal. You're either gonna spend time or money. You got a choice. So you could spend more money and try to get something done in a smaller period of time, or you can spend more time and get things that cost a little bit less money. So if you have a one eight, so we're talking about eight hour classes, CPLs, but not just CPLs, right? Because some basic classes are eight hours, six hours, something like that, right? And you figure if that class, I don't, I'm just gonna throw a number because $150. I don't know of anybody that teaches that, but it's let's say $150. So 150, that's eight hours. But it's not eight hours one-on-one. It's a whole group of people. <laughs> and it's, a couple of minutes. You know, and you know, it's 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 not it's it's not personalized. 
I mean, not not the whole thing. It's 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 not quite progressive. It's normally very rigid and constrained, right? But imagine if, what if, you took the hundred fifty dollars and you bought three hours. I don't know what individuals' rates are, but let's say an individual instructor will charge you fifty bucks an hour for one hour. So those you got eight hours for one fifty with a whole group, or you get three hours one on one with a firearms instructor. I, I feel you. I'm telling you, I think that three hours is worth at least two of those eight-hour classes. Easy. Maybe three. <laughs> you, you're going to see the progress faster. And I can say That's this. It. For me, it's like that one-on-one -on -one instruction that I did chat yeah, with yeah. you, I was amazed when I went back and I would show my target and Chad would be like, thumbs up. Okay, you on you on to something. But it, I agree. You need that one-on-one -on -one because you need people to correct you at that moment. They need people to drill you at that moment as opposed to, I'm going to help you, but I got to go down to three other um, little bays here and, and help those people out. So I agree. Everybody invest, invest, invest. It doesn't take a lot of money. Save it up. Try to get in some training outside of just the range. You will be so grateful that you did, Chad. No, um, Stephen's point is dead on, right? Like the classes are cool because that can teach you a, a new skill set and a compressed amount of time. Mm -hmm right oh, at, at a high level so to speak mm -hmm. um but the one-on-one -on -one training um is, is really where you pick up the nuts nuts and bolts and the refining and tweaking of what you can do and as well as learn some other things right mm -hmm. um and that's one of those things like you know for my cpl students I, I pattern again myself after what ross does with his cpl students right offering that class that one-on-one -on -one lesson before or after the class, right? To mm -hmm. kind of get you introduced into it or to help refine what you learn from that class and put it uh, to use in a more practical, tangible way. So you see results from one session to the next session. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I'm that invaluable, right? So like when I'm thinking about what type of instructor that I want to have, I don't want somebody who's gonna one and done me and then they are not gonna come back and say, Adrian, you, you got a safety, a, a lot for your car, a, a safety box. This is the type right. of agent. Do you have, are you practicing dry firing? Here's some things that you can do to work on at home. Like, I don't want a person who, after they got my money and they signed my certificate, they're not in my, you know, life anymore. And I know we got to get ready to wrap this up because it's about 808, but I will say that practice is key. Like Ross said, at least minimum. I know ammo, you know, still people are, kind of, you know, weary about getting the ammo, the cost is up, but even for me, I'm, so I'm an archery enthusiast. That's my thing. I'm going to start doing archery instruction next, I mean, 2022. And I, what I know, yes, I am. I'm, 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 in, but I laugh because I actually was thinking, I'm like, you know, it's a shame, but it shows where you put your time and your money and your intention is, that's where you're going to get something out of it. I go and do archery once a week. And I tell you right now, I can shoot a bow and an arrow and hit from 20, 30 yards with more accuracy than I can do with my gun at seven or 10 yards. Oh, I can bear it. Okay. But that's because I put all of Really, my Chad? Chad, really? I, really? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm going to try to get the energy at the same level. But I, I have to, sometimes I downplay everybody's age. Quit. Uh, LeVette is very good. LeVette is one of the sisters from the Black Bottom Gun Club. And her and Jessica are always like, you don't have to quit downplaying yourself, Adrian. Like, you've invested time in learning. Since 2019, I probably put 600 rounds through my Ziggy, which is my SIG 365. Yeah. And that was just from 2019. I try to get at least two 
classes in out like that's defensive that's gonna like challenge me make me a little nervous but at the end of it I did one with Chad the defensive shooting one oh very good class like so I would take that again and then take defensive shooting too because I'm like and Ross you took the class Ross is like you remember we did it together and I'm like okay, oh yeah I took jazz class I, I said what is Ross doing in here like he's above <laughs> but you're never above like constantly getting training because everybody introduces it in a different way you might pick up some things from one person it's good to keep reinforcing that so I agree at least try to plan to get at least two training sessions you know outside of just hey I'm gonna just you know shoot at the target get a little bit more out of there and I think everybody one you're gonna feel more confident two you're gonna see that progress and three it's fun as Ross would say it is fun fun. yeah you know I would say just just shoot. Just shoot. That's Ross. Somebody that can teach you though. And if you if you have a question about what type of who the instructor is, ask them where they train. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ask the instructor, where have you trained at? Right. How much do you practice? Right. Uh, how right. can you how can you show how can you show that to me? And uh, so they'll uh, so the instructor is uh, that's a big deal because you want to get the right person, right? I agree. Especially for the first time. You know, that's why, um, you know, it's really important that, and, and I take this really seriously with, with, with Black Bottom, especially being the training director, we have to make sure that we, we always want to take safety really seriously. Mm-hmm. Has to be, we don't, and there's, and there's no, um, uh, uh, we don't, we, we have to take, we take safety very seriously and safety violations, we take those very seriously. But we also have to tell people about that in a, in a way that's going to be inviting and make them want to come back, right? Mm-hmm. I remember the first time that somebody told me about uh, about a particular safety violation that I did, and he told me in a way that said, man, thank you. Thank you very much. Right. right? And, um, and so that's the type of attitude we need to take um, in, in non-emergency situations. The other thing, the other point around training is Michigan is a Michigan. There's a lot of shooting opportunities in Michigan. I tell people this all the time, especially in the spring, summer, and fall. It slacks off in the winter a little bit because it's way too cold outside, but you can still find a lot of training. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of places to go shoot, especially if you don't mind driving an hour or so. Especially if you're in Southeast Michigan, hour and a half, you can shoot every weekend if you want to. And it won't cost you a lot of money. So we talk about money as well. And, I, and I'll talk about the competitive stuff. Um, don't think about comp- shooting competition as something that's just, all right, it's way up here. I'll never be able to do it. Think about shooting competition like going bowling or bowling on the league, right? Mm-hmm. So if you so so if, if somebody goes bowling, if you've ever been bowling at a, on the league, then you got, you got the professional bowlers. They got a bag with five balls and six pairs of shoes and, and all bowl like me, I don't have my own shoes, and I get the 15 ball from the rack, and I'm and I'm throwing and I'm throwing gutter balls when I'm safe. It's the same kind of thing. Mm. You got people that you know, you got competitive shooters that are really serious and take really serious about winning. And you got people that just look. I just want to spend 20 20 dollars, and mm. I move and shoot, and I want to be able to do the things that I can't do on a square range or indoor gun range. Mm. And when you realize that, wow, I I can do that. I, this is that is training. Yeah. I, that actually is the competition side of this is a little bit different. 
but um, but it's uh, but it's some it's it's getting rounds, it's getting used to your gun. You'll figure out exactly what works with your gun and what doesn't work really, really quickly when you do that kind of stuff. You will find out the you will find out the the the, the first stage or whatever, and it's fun. So yeah, so Michigan is the opportunity the opportunity to do that every single weekend. And uh, they aren't really expensive, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, you know, and you maybe a hundred. 150 rounds of ammunition for pistol, maybe a little bit less. You're shooting rifle and stuff. Oh, but okay. there's a lot of ways to do it. And you, and you don't have to go every month. You can go, you can go three <laughs> times, four times a year if you really want to. You know, but right. the thing about it is fun. It's a lot of fun. And that's what and uh and that's what people don't realize or realize that those opportunities are out there. And again, the Black Bottom Gun Club, that's why again I enjoy being a part of this organization, is because we present that to folks and give them the opportunity and, and tell them about things that they had folks that had no idea about it. Right. 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 Good. Any other, um, I, I appreciate that. It's on my, it's on my list, Ross. I'm first, I'm going to do some trap shooting, some competitive trap shooting. I already promised. Um, it's it, it, um, it's all trigger time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It's all trigger time. Trigger time. Let's talk again. Okay. I'm I'm getting I'm gonna get there. Um that's my it's on my list of like pathway to if you want to do trap shooting, I say do trap shooting because it's trap shooting is fun. I love trap shooting. Trap shooting. Go I'm, ahead and do it. I'll start there and then I'm gonna transition to the do a trap shooting. It doesn't matter. It's all trigger time. It doesn't that's, matter. That's true. That's true. Any any other good parting words, um, Stephen or Chad that or that you guys want to leave us with? Um, I, you know, we, we've, we've mentioned a couple organizations a few times and I know you said at the beginning, um, one, one thing we all have in common is we are all members of the National African American Gun Association, naga.co. Um, so if you're watching this and you're hearing us talk about this and you want more information, uh, that is a place to go get some information. You can find chapters out there, member information. There's a portal um th there's a new magazine coming out um there's a new online community coming out so um i, I would encourage everyone to you know check it out that's naga n-a-a-g-a dot c-o thank you and there's definitely benefits to being a member so you want to look at that part <laughs> chad yeah. parting words yeah um thank you for the opportunity and the platform i am happy and proud to be just a part of um for sure uh, I cannot wait to take your archery class. Yeah, I, look forward, I look forward to taking know, right? that for sure. Because um, yeah. that's not, not something that I'm used to at all, other than like with the plastic little small ones that had the suction cups at the end <laughs> when I was a kid. That's the last time I did anything with any kind of a bow. So I'm looking mm. forward to, to doing some more uh, in that regard for sure. Um, but no, to piggyback on Stephen, uh, look at the National African-American Gun Association. Um it's a very, very robust organization. It's still young comparatively, uh, but for its age, the level of maturity and the level of progress um, is has been amazing so far. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, that's really all I got. Um, if you want to, you know, want to join any of the chapters in the Midwest, uh, check us out. If you want to start a chapter in the Midwest, let us know. Uh, we can get you on the right path, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, the objective for all of us here is really to get people to understand that, number one, this is something that we can do. 
This is something that we have been doing, as Stephen put it so eloquently, and it's absolutely the truth. Number two, uh, I want to push back on what Stephen is saying just a little bit, but not in a negative way, uh, about changing the narrative. We're creating a new narrative. Um, we're creating a narrative. Um, we're going to not even use the scraps of that previous narrative. We're going to create a new narrative. And that's what we've been doing so far uh, with Malcolm Little and within Black Bottom Gun Club and within NAGA as a whole. I like it. Uh, and, and everybody else is, is really creating a new narrative. Um, and, 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 and lastly, just I, I want to encourage everyone who may be watching or listening that again, that this is something you can do. This is something that um, you should do. Um, I'm not going to tell you that you have to do it because that's up to you to do, right? I'm going to um, tell you, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that you have to. I'm just going to say that you should. Um, but at the same time, um, this is something that is a part of your heritage and your lineage, whether you want to, you know, whether you recognize it or not, this is a part right. of, of, of who we are. Uh, and embrace everything that comes with who we are. I always tell everybody we're we're going to take a hold of and cling to everything that our ancestors were denied. That's including the right to keep and bear arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. I just want to thank all of you. Thank you. I, look, say, hello. Come on. We also do book club reads. Okay, people. We are. Currently reading this nonviolent shameless book. plug. Shameless plug. Stephen, we're gonna do a podcast on this book because we got in some heated some conversations oh, yes. and we haven't even that part. He was only at the prologue, the introduction. <laughs> this this guy had like a preface, the prologue, <laughs> the introduction, then the author's note. Forward. Then it after one. It's good, but thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Chad. For all the survivor listeners out there, I'm going to post information for NAGA so that you can find the link for it. If you're interested in learning more about getting training, I'm going to post these brothers' links to their businesses where you can get that additional training. Don't stop training. Thank you so much, fellas, for joining me today. Look forward to having you guys on again, hopefully. Thank you very much again. Thank you, Thank you so much. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Remember, you can listen to Soul Vibe Life on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, Overcast, and other podcast streaming platforms. If there is someone you think should be featured on this show, please let me know. I'd love to have them as a guest. And please be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, peace, peace.